there's still areas where a lot of innovation can happen. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, we're kind of there now. We just have to deal with what we've got. But I don't think that's the case. People are fighting over a lot of one percenters now. And I think there's still some 10 percenters out there that people aren't really looking at. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Alomes. Great to have you joining us again this week. On today's show, we have Dr. Marcus Deutsch, co-founder and CEO of Fusion Sport. Marcus studied his career in high-performance sport after completing a PhD in physiology at the University of Targo and working closely with the New Zealand All Blacks national rugby team. In 2003, he co-founded Fusion Sport to pursue the development of sports technology products, including their athlete management system, Smarterbase, which has gone on to become the industry standard in assisting teams centralize and make sense of the data they are collecting, used by over 260 high-performance organizations globally. In his role as CEO, Marcus remains actively involved with clients and product development, managing the overall direction of Fusion Sport into the future. In 2020, the company skewered a funding round of $5.5 million, has played an integral role in COVID-19 illness screening and tracking for clients, including the NBA season restart. You can find more information about Fusion Sport in the latest chapter of the Sports Tech Annual, a new industry research publication bringing together the most comprehensive directory of companies in the global sports tech landscape. It also features industry insights and commentary from leaders in the sports tech ecosystem about what they've seen over the last year and what they're predicting for the future. Along with Sports Tech Feed, it's a fantastic resource to navigate the revolutionary impact technology is having on how sports are played, administered and consumed around the world. It's free to download. Just go to sportstechworldseries.com forward slash annual. Mark and I recorded this chat at the end of last year, so there are references to what 2021 will look like. Um, and as we know, it doesn't look a whole lot different to 2020 so far, but really a timely chat and interesting to talk to Marcus, an absolute leader in the industry and great to have him on the show. Dr. Marcus Deutsch, co-founder and CEO of Fusion Sport. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So... COVID-19, we, we basically, 2020 is just, that's dominated the conversation as it has for everyone else. And that's how we'll start. Um, we won't spend all our time today talking about it, but uh, the inevitable COVID-19 question, how has Fusion Sport pivoted in response to it? And, and if you can answer that both from a business strategy and operations point of view, but then also with uh, how you've dealt with the needs of your clients. Yeah, you know, it, it has been a very interesting time for sure. Um, interesting for us because we're sort of two businesses in one. You know, we started out uh, with the Smart Speed system, uh, which is a, a team sport training and, and testing system, right? So, and, and a hardware product. And then, uh, you know, and then we, we brought along SmarterBase in 2011. And that's by far the, the dominant part of our business. But, you know, Smart Speed is still a, a significant business as well. And it was interesting because um, Smart Speed, yeah, completely tanked from basically March, April, May, completely tanked. Like sales dropped by like 80%. Obviously no one was training, no one was testing. And so there was just no need for it. So I was very sympathetic to other businesses out there that were in a team sport hardware sort of business. I can see how tough that would have been. Um, interestingly, it, it, however, it, in, by June, it just bounced straight back um, and, and has been basically business as usual since. Um, so a little more up and down month to month than usual, but evening out right on track. Um, Smarterbase, on the other hand, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's good, it's a good time to be in the business of online health monitoring software. Mm. Now. Um, so Smarterbase was very much business as usual. I mean, we had, you know, and, and operationally, um, you know, we, again, we, we already do probably 90% of what we do online. 
Um, so being online software and all of our consulting, most of our consulting is done online. We like to get out on site for clients when we can, but you know, it's not, it's not essential. So yeah, all of that really just kept going. Um, you know, I think we, we operationally within the company, we obviously had to, to switch to work from home. Um, that was fine. I mean, again, we, you know, that really took us a day once we decided to do it. Um, I think the only thing we really missed was just the culture and our, our comrades and, and, and the social, you know, and just that we're really big on team at the company. So I think we've missed that a little bit, but even then we made a lot of effort online with little Slack quizzes and, and, and drinks and things like that. So no, it was good. Um, so we're very lucky. And, and look, I think, yeah, definitely, there was definitely pivoting though. Um, and, you know, like, again, fortunately for us, the way Smarterbase was designed as a, as a sort of a no-code platform, it's all about pivoting. Um, that, that's the whole point of the software is to be able to be really agile and customizable. So, um, yeah, look, immediately clients started asking us for COVID solutions and we, we had them up and running in two or three days. Um, you know, then uh, the, the more complex ones came along. The MBA bubble was a, was a, a really great project to be involved in. Um, and... Uh, yeah, very challenging, very short timeline. They had very big goals, you know, they, they wanted to do everything perfectly um, and left no stone unturned, you know, so, yeah. um, but and you know, we've certainly, really ended up with that. That's yeah. certainly, certainly what we've heard about from the MBA, um, people oh. from kind of in the industry and, and across yeah. all walks of life, I think that's really been the gold standard for, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, being one of the first sports leagues, major sports leagues to return, so having this kind of uncharted territory, um, but yeah. then really hitting it, um, hitting it out of the park in, in terms of yeah. using technology on lots of different levels um, to yeah. bring it back. So, yeah. I mean, what was that kind of, what was that experience like? Did they really know what they wanted or was it kind of you offering up going, this is what we could do and then them kind of... Uh, no, they, they, they definitely drove the thought processes behind yeah. everything. We, we, we contributed a lot. I mean, we had, we had a lot of ideas and we also understood what would work and wouldn't work within the time frame from a technology point of view and those sorts of things. Um, but uh, yeah, I know, look, it was really a process of, you know, that, them having a lot of ideas and a lot of different options. And then we just, you know, consulted with them a lot and sort of, you know, worked through all the different options until we got to the final solution with them. But um, no, they, they had a lot of people, a lot of great minds, um, you know, moving all the parts and, but no, it was a really cool process though. It was, it was a lot of meetings and a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, late nights for some of our guys, especially on the sort of integration side to get a lap done yeah. quicker. Um, but it was really cool. It was really satisfying for us all. And, um, and yeah, just stoked to see it work and stoked to see the, the season go through. And even better than the Lakers one, happy with that too. <laughs> Lakers fan, there you go. They're everywhere. Um, a few, yeah, a few very, very happy Los Angeles um, sports fans. Oh, they're a great, they're a great client as well, you know. So yeah. we, we really enjoy working with them. They're really good people. Um, and I guess the other the other element that you mentioned there is all of that's done virtually. It's not like you can just jump on a plane and kind of get in a room and whiteboard it out. Um, uh, everything's virtual for everyone, and I think that's something that's sometimes been lost in the conversations about impact of COVID nineteen. It's not just yep. well, we're doing it for our clients. Whilst you're doing this, it's, it's, as you said, it's over Zoom, it's over Skype, it's over whatever mm. platform, Google Hangouts, whatever platform you're using, Microsoft Teams, um, to do yeah. that. So I think it's a testament to companies that, you know, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, I don't know, Carry Pigeon, however you're doing it, you're, you're doing it remotely. So it's a testament to those, those, um, those companies that can pivot 
and deliver yep. that whilst yep. dealing with the challenges themselves. Yeah, don't have a choice, right? But yeah, no, it was um, it was really cool, and our team did a really good job of that. But again, it was familiar territory for us, so it, it was it was easy. We were lucky like that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there's um, I guess learnings or applications that with remote training things like that that you'll take forwards into 2021, assuming that the some lockdowns ease and things like that. Was there anything that really surprised you that you went, well, this is pretty cool and we can kind of offer that into the future or was it, I guess, just the same thing being applied differently? Uh, look, it was, I mean, from a product point of view, it was, it was the same thing applied differently. I think it did, it did open our eyes to the future in terms of the market itself and, and the, you know, the, the broader applicability of say wearable technology or other technologies. Um, you know, I think that was really cool. I think it, I think, you know, that we already have a huge, um, you know, there's already a huge market force behind this whole industry in terms of the, the sort of the quantified human or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. But I think this gave that another push, which is really cool. That, that was, um, yeah, that, that was cool to see. I, I think also, you know, even from a, even from just the logistics of running a business and, and, you know, a lot of the time, I think we always, we, we potentially, we travel when we don't need to. You know, I think there's a lot of times when, you know, we, we've, I, I can tell you a bunch of times where I've literally had to fly to the other side of the world to do a 40 minute presentation, shake a few hands and leave, you know, and it's mm. crazy when you think about it. Um, and just as easy to do online. It's, it's nice to meet people face to face, but, you know, I think we do it too much. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that that change, I hope people realise that online can be very effective and, 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 and I hope some of that sticks. You know, I mean, yeah. just even environmentally and also in terms of people's time and load and things like that. So, yeah, let's see. But, yeah, knowing us silly humans, we'll probably just go back to normal in a year or two and forget about it all, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we're taking forward. So I was, um, I was speaking with Mark Lambert from Tampa Bay Lightning and um, yep. he was talking about how in hockey, uh, I think it was 31 or 32 teams, um, and, you know, Tampa Bay southeast of of north america uh, yeah. and then they might be playing vancouver and then they might be darting across to new york and then to montreal and in terms of um just scheduling is another thing that they're hoping that yeah. they can reduce travel and that's something that um yeah. bubbles and i guess the ncaa has just announced they're going to go into a single location for march madness and things yeah. like that so it'll be interesting to see if that's um not just on the the business and like the mm. likes of you and i spending our lifetime on a plane um, yep. but also the way that the actual tournaments are run um, yeah. to reduce yeah. that, which well, I'm sure there's sure sure a lot of uh, high-performance coaches that would be very happy with that. Uh, no, yeah, it's, no a huge, it's a huge load, huge load on the players, you know, mm. um, to, to, to be doing those, especially those three, four, five-hour flights all the time. It's, yeah, it is, um, especially when you're seven foot tall. Like, that's not easy, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So moving on from that, uh, I, I mean, client base is, is quite broad. It, it runs the full strata of um, high, high performance, human performance. So elite sports, as we mentioned, the likes of the Lakers, um, warfighters, uh, even performing arts. Um, how much learning is shared across those areas? So how much cross-pollination happens between um, those different, I guess, verticals? 
a lot. And it's really cool. And, and we're really trying to facilitate more and more of that, you know, running sort of running our client, you know, running our summits and things like that, which we couldn't run this year. But, but uh, yeah, look, we really like to get our clients talking to each other from different, different verticals. Um, Cause yeah, there's a lot of cross pollination and that they, they have a lot to learn from each other, mm. you know, um, I guess, you know, everybody sort of probably, I think a lot of people would assume that elite sport is where all the innovation happens and the others just copy, um, but that's certainly not the case. You know, like, um, you know, for example, um, in, in the military, there's a lot of really unique innovation going on in areas such as, you know, the, the cognitive side of things and, mm. and teamwork, team, uh, you know, the, the concept of team uh, is, is very different in a military setting, you know, um, and, and I think there's a lot sport can learn from that heck of a lot and in terms of resilience and things like that um you know and then and then in the performing arts i mean um yeah, i mean you know visiting having visited the royal ballet a few times in london and and um who we've been working with for quite a while now you know they are incredible athletes those mm. people uh they, they can do insane things with their body but they're also you know they're really running on a very fine line they've got to run extreme body compositions um they have incredibly hard schedules um it's very much like sport you know they've got rehearsals all week and then they're into a performance on the weekend and they have to repeat that for six nine months of the year uh so again you know those guys really interesting again innovation in in certainly in um in injury management especially of, of really specific soft tissue and joint injuries you know ankles hips knees things like that really cutting edge treatment techniques and, and training techniques and then in, in nutrition, you know, like they, they go to the ends of the earth with their nutrition. Um, mm. And uh, again, a lot to learn from them. So, yeah, we, we have a lot of cross-pollination. And to be honest, a lot of the people we work with in those organisations have worked in multiple verticals. You know, we see a lot of people switching from one to the other and, and, and moving around, which is really cool. It's really good for everybody. So, so does that happen organically or is it one of those things that um, kind of needs a little bit of a push for for people to look to other um, areas in human performance for innovations, ideas, things like that? Um, I, I, I think it's happened fairly organically, um, you know, especially in, um, yeah, no, look, I think, I think it's happened fairly organically. I mean, everybody's, everybody has similar pressures, you know, that they're under, everybody's under similar pressure to minimize injuries, maximize availability of people, you know, every, every, in all of those situations, when someone's unavailable, it, it hurts. Um, mm. you know, it doesn't matter which of those applications it, it's in. Um, so I think you know they're all really starting to brace it. It's really cool. You know, I mean, it's and it and it comes and it comes and goes as well. If you think about it, you know, this this human performance industry was actually really kind of born in the military back in the back in the fifties and sixties. You know, they were the first people putting people in heat chambers and doing altitude work and things like that. Um, you know, then it swung to sport, and I think now it's swinging back towards you know the military are really back in the game and, and and really leading the charge with it. So, no, I think I think it happens quite organically, and and um, it's a you know human performance is a pretty small fishbowl at the end of the day. Mm. It, it's you know there's only one or two degrees of separation between most people, no matter what of those verticals they're in. Well, I guess every every human body is unique, but fundamentally, the human body is not unique. In the sense no. of, um, if you're jumping, your, bo your body doesn't know if it's jumping for a ball, um, jumping, yep. you know, into a trench or jumping because you're doing a pirouette. 
um, in the yeah. sense of those muscles and and what it is around um, how to train them. It's it's the Absolutely. it's the same yeah. way that it works fundamentally, you know, as it tissues and all that kind of stuff. So of course it would would have different applications. Yeah, look, the finer points are, are where the differentiation happens, but yeah, look, I'd say eighty percent of it's common across all of those industries. You know, it's all you know, energy balance, fatigue, all those things. They're all they're all the same for anyone. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Well, you haven't quite been in the game since the fifties and sixties, which is mentioned the kind of the military really taking a, a keen focus on on human performance and high performance. You have been uh, in it since two thousand three, which is in, in founded yep. Fusion Sport, or at least as Fusion Fusion Sport. So seventeen years. Um, what are the biggest changes you've seen over the industry in that time? It's a long time, isn't it? I'm getting old. Um, yeah, look, we, we obviously, it was interesting. We started out, we started out on the, on the hardware side, obviously. We started out with Smart Speed and then Smarterbase came out in 2011. Um, so kind of the second birth of the company, I guess you could say. But my original business partner, a guy called Doug Moore, um, brilliant man, he's since retired, but um, mathematician, very lateral thinker, very philosophical thinker. Um, you know, he saw it early on. We were making this this sort of data generating device, and this was in you know Bluetooth was brand new, Wi-Fi was brand new. There weren't color screens on phones yet. It was PDAs, and and he, you know, over a glass of red wine one day, he just went, there, "There's going to be this explosion of sport, in, in, uh, sorry, explosion of data in in sport. Um, you know, there's all this technology that's coming out. This is going to make you know putting getting data from humans much easier. Uh, and you know, and I was. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And he said, you know, we, we need to get into the middle of that. Uh, we, we don't want to just be a, a data generating device that could be disrupted or replaced by the next thing that comes along. Let's get into the middle of it and, and, and manage all of this data and, and use it. Um, and that was the, the seed planted for, for, for doing Smarterbase. So the big change, yeah, look, I mean, obviously there's the technology changes and that's just going to keep accelerating, accelerating. I think, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, it's just beginning and I, I, I would agree with that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of tech that's being worked on now, you know, you're starting to see it now, um, you know, with patches and things like that. Um, subcutaneous is, is, is in progress as well. You know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll have some subcutaneous measurement at some point pretty soon for those who are, are willing to do it. Um, what, is it, it what does that mean for those that don't understand? Oh, right. Right. So, so, willing so, to understand subcutaneous. Sorry, mate. That means under the skin. So yeah. putting 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 implants under the skin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you know, real real time uh, biochemistry monitoring. Um, you know, that's a fascinating area, and a lot you can do with that. Um, but there's people who've been trying to do that for quite a while. You know, I mean that that that's that's been something that people have been working on for ten years. But it's just about the tech catching up. So is so, that yeah. on that point? Is it is it a matter of the the advancements in the technology itself? Or is it the, the culture around data-driven um, decision-making and, and the use of the technology has changed? I mean, or, or what, I mean, I would say it's obviously a combination of the two. Which one's driving more? Like, is it that we were just yeah. limited in what technology we had or we were limited by what people were willing um, and, and kind of wanting to work with? There's a combination of both. You know, I mean, I think you've got, you've got obviously, in any, in any group of people or an industry you've got the innovators right the innovators are always looking for the next thing um and 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 so they're waiting for the technology to catch up right but then yeah when you then go to look at the mainstream the kind of the mainstream i guess of the market the main 
meat of the bell curve, if you would say, yeah, there's definitely a, an element there of, of the market catching up. So it, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of a seesaw. Um, so I do think, yeah, and both have changed a lot. You know, I think the, the you know, things that would have been considered incredibly innovative five years ago, now everybody's doing it. Um, you know, and, and I, I guess that's the normal process of, of, of that technology adoption life cycle. Is that, is that life cycle getting shorter it, from kind of um, bleeding yeah. edge, cutting edge, um, super, super early adopter, innovative to yeah. mainstream market? Is that getting shorter, the time between the two? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is just access to information, right? I mean, you, you as, a, as a high school coach now, you can have access to the leading minds in the world through podcasts and webinars and, and, and the internet, you know. So, um, and I think people are, you know, there's a greater thirst for information now um, because people have realised how accessible it is. So, yeah, absolutely. That's compressing, um, which is really cool. You know, I mean, it, it's, um, yeah, it's really cool to see. And I think that will keep happening as well. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's exciting to see. And, and as some of these things become the norm, and you see generationally as well, and as talent develops, I mean, you have people, sorry, you have athletes, and then also the people that are training them are familiar with this technology from a younger and younger age. Um, yeah. Therefore, it's just, as you said, it's just common, and then that kind of grows with them as well. So, Absolutely. looking, yeah. I mean, looking to that next 17 years when we're sitting here in um 2037 uh hopefully not through another global pandemic but we're sitting here in 17 years um where do you think we're going to be there what, what's going to happen over the next 17 years so just dust off your crystal ball and <laughs> i wish i knew mate um but no look um i i think that it will just become commonplace for you know continuous monitoring i think will become commonplace i think everybody will be measuring 24 7 um, because it will just become so easy um, and, and and so valuable. Um, so yeah, that that will continue. I think um, the the it seems to me that the end user, that the athletes themselves, are becoming a lot more interested in the data and a lot more engaged with the data. You know, you go back ten years ago, and it was the sports scientist was getting all this data, analysing it all, and then just telling the athlete what to do. Right, and the athlete would be like. I don't need to know all of that. Just tell me what to do. Mm. That's definitely changed. You know, athletes are now very curious. What does this mean? What does that mean? How do I do this? How do I do that? It's a lot more self-management um, from athletes, which is really cool. You know, it's actually uh, empowering them rather than just, um, you know, manipulating them, if you like. So I think that that will continue. You know, I mean, you've got that, like I said, you know, the high school coach now can almost get a PhD in sports science just by reading and and, and, and watching. I mean. I think you get to the point where the athletes will be the same. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be really keen for keen to learn and keen to understand their own bodies and 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 call their shots, which is really cool. Because um, I think you know, blending that with, and I'm not saying that that will replace the the role of the sports on or something, but it will definitely complement it and enhance it because they will, you know, they will be able to fine tune the recommendations that they're given. So. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Look, I mean, obviously, you know, tech's going to keep moving. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, there there are certainly emerging techs that have been around a while but are not quite at you know market ready status, but they're getting very close. You know, things like the, the real time biochemistry, things like you know video uh, pose estimation, and yeah, and and those sorts of areas are the the obvious ones, I guess. Um, you know, I I think there are still also some 
pretty untapped areas um, that, that I'm really curious about. Um, you know, one I keep banging on about is is culture. You know, it, it, you, you see it every time someone wins a trophy and the first thing they say, you know, how did you do it? The first thing they'll say is we just have a great culture. Um, now, I think, you know, a lot of people think that's an intangible thing and it just happens, but, you know, it can be tracked. It absolutely can be tracked. And, there's, you know, there's even some, you know, I've seen some papers and things start to come out now about culture tracking mechanisms, you know, and, and ways to track culture. So there's, 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 there's still areas where a lot of innovation can happen. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, we're kind of there now. We just have to deal with what we've got. But I don't think that's the case. There will be people will start to look for, you know, people are fighting over a lot of one percenters now. And I think there's still some 10 percenters out there that people aren't really looking at. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how that unfolds. Yeah, I guess it's always the it's always pushing to to track the intangible. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we mentioned now was considered intangible or um, beyond beyond the realm of uh, of hard data, and and now yep. it's, now we track it and we quantify it and we make recommendations yeah. from it. So totally, that's you know, sleep sleep's a great example. Go back five years or ten years, even five years, you know, and that, all you could do with sleep was what time did you go to bed, what time did you get up, and rate your sleep out of ten. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, now look at us. <laughs> you yep. know, um, so yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there will be more shifts like that, which is which is really exciting. It's cool. Do you see this kind of stepping down into mass market? So I was thinking about GPS. Um, that was, mm. I mean, the military um, were the yep. early adopters of it, and then into high performance um, in elite sports, and it's basically just telling you, you know, how far you ran and how fast you ran and all that kind of stuff. Some very basic. Mm basic information um, and then that bled down into the mass market and yep. in Strava have built a business of it um, currently a unicorn at the moment with their, their latest funding round uh, do you see that with other technologies that that's just going to keep happening that just stuff is that is is only accessible with the elite levels now are just going to either due to the hardware becoming cheaper or you know whatever it, or the next level of um, innovations happening on top of it it'll just get pushed mm. down the pyramid uh, I mean, that, that's what naturally happens again in that technology adoption life cycle, right? You kind of get those little late, late majority markets and, and, and uh, yeah, so I think to a degree it will. Some, some things will, some things won't. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, GPS is probably a, a good example in terms of like the, the you know, the, the more hardcore GPS, not the sort of phone one like Strava, but more hardcore wearables. You know, that, that they've, you know, the, the number of companies now have been, working on penetrating that second tier market, the, the, the amateur market, and they found it probably harder than they thought they would, mm. um, you know, but they're still going and it is starting to, it is starting to penetrate, but it's, you know, it, it's probably, yeah, uh, uh, not as, not as easy as everybody assumed. So, and I guess that comes down to the practicality of the equipment and also, but also the, the you know, the usefulness of the data to the athlete. Yeah. The insights actually getting important, relevant information off it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your metrics are. That what matters is what should I do next, right? Um, and so it's really about that. Um, and and when as we do a better job with that, then I think you know the the, the companies that do a good job of that will go down into the mass market. Um, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, great. Well. I think that's um, probably all we've got time for today. It was a really good discussion, uh, covered off a lot there. And 
uh, I'll send, uh, I'll send, I'll include a link in our show notes um, yep. to your uh, professional development kind of ongoing library of, um, of talks and speakers yeah, cool. and stuff like that. I think that's something definitely worth, it's worth a shout out for anyone who's in the area yeah. or um, wanting to get into the area, you know, the high school coaches and the, maybe some students and people that are looking to advance. You've got a fantastic hours and hours and tens, hundreds of hours, yeah. I don't know how much it is, but a, a whole lot of content. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, yeah and, some, and it's, you know, we, we try to focus on that being real content by, you know, by clients. It's not just us selling stuff. <laughs> it's really, you know, it, they are really, yeah, some really good stuff in there, actually. I'm really enjoying watching them all. Yeah, great. All right. Well, like I said, we'll include, um, include a link in the show notes so anyone can go on good. there. Uh, and final question I have for you before we go is, what is your favourite sporting moment of all time? Oof. I'm going to be biased towards State of Origin last night because it's so fresh in my mind. <laughs> no. Jeez, um, that's a tough one. Uh, you've got me stumped. I'm not, I'm not very often lost for words. Um, there you go. That's, that's exactly what we want from our guests on a podcast. I mean, <laughs> so continue, continue thinking. It's hard to forget. It's it's it is honestly genuinely hard to forget Kathy Freeman's run at the 2000 Olympics. That was an incredible yeah. moment. Just so emotional, you know. Like that was such an emotional moment. Um, Mo Farah in London was similar. Like that was that was so cool. Um, yeah, but if I if I really thought about it, I would probably be biased towards um, the Wallabies winning a game for once at some point, or winning the World Cup in '99. That was that was pretty special for me because I was a, I was very much in rugby at the time, so I, I'd probably actually give that the number one. That was there you go. So we've got the, we've got the full podium. So I'll yeah. uh, I'll include <laughs> while in the show notes, I'll include some footage to um to Mo Farah, Kathy Freeman, and obviously the the Wallabies. Uh, yeah. Lifting, cool. Lifting the cup. So. Thank you so much for your time, Marcus. Uh, it's been great to chat and we'll Pleasure. be a lot more from Fusion Sport uh, coming forwards. And there you have it. That was Dr. Marcus Deutsch, co-founder and CEO at Fusion Sport. Great to chat to him, as you would have got from that. Really easy to talk to. And interesting that he was looking at not the kind of the one percenters, but looking those uh, those ten percenters. So whatever that is in the human performance space, I'm I'm really interested to stay tuned to what they're working on and how they're pushing. I know his early start with the All Blacks was some really really interesting stuff around even timing of of when you do your sets. Um, if you're about to lift a weight, can you look at if you get a peak of you know hormones or whatever biochemistry is pumping through you, and you can time when you're most kind of juiced up and ready to go to lift weights to then increase muscle growth and aid in recovering performance so that's stuff that's there it's just an example of the kind of the uh the brave new world of everything that's happening in in sports performance so looking forward to staying tuned with what fusion sport is working on into the future as always you can contact me if you have questions or comments about the show always like to hear from our listeners thomas at sportstechworldseries.com and until next time i've been your host thomas loams looking forward to having you join us again